Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Center Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Um, good morning, everybody. Again. How y'all? <laughs> you love this weather? I love this weather. This is if I lived in mommy Africa, this is what it would be about. If I lived in Africa. I love hot weather, so I'm enjoying it. Um, a lot happened this week. A lot happened this week. And um, I want to talk about that. And I also want to talk about how you're dealing with it. And what do you think should be done? And all that kind of good stuff. All right. And we had the explosion in, in uh, Texas. The plant uh, blew up. But that's kind of a secondhand thing, even though that's a real serious issue as well. But the, uh, the bombing at the marathon there in uh, Boston, I think that's what's in the forefront of everybody's mind. And I, I, uh, I hate to warn you, but I've been saying for a long time that this is going to happen, and it's going to happen to a greater degree of what has happened already. Is our lives have changed in this country, whether we realize it or not. How we live, where we go, you know. And, and I'm not telling you to live in fear, but one thing for sure, you need to watch your backs when you're out now. You just can't be out like we used to be able to do, partying, having good times, having lunch or at a movie theater and not look around. Our lives have really changed. It's not the same anymore. Now, will we ever get it back to normal? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I can't tell the future, but it really has changed. And I'm listening to, and not just in our public life, but in our private lives, too. It has changed. And yesterday, I met with uh, in private. And I, they almost made me raise my right hand and put on the Bible to promise that I would not mention who I was with, the name of their companies, or anything like that. But I met with some white business people on yesterday in private. It was like going to an FBI meeting or something, you know. <laughs> but it just shows the fear that white Americans have. And I'm not really getting into that, but it's an example of what we're going to talk about. Um, they are having problems in their companies and predominantly with black Americans. And, you know, they have normal issues with other folks, you know, the whites and Hispanics. But they have major problems with their black employees in that the black employees are disrespectful. They don't want to do their work. You get on them about something, they curse you out. They curse the boss out. They, they're not worried about getting fired because they know that they can sue for racism and that the white businesses are going to cave in and pay the money rather than going through an expensive lawsuit. And so the black employees do not care at all. And these people just don't know what to do with themselves. I secretly told them what to do. I can't tell you my secret because... (laughs) But they are afraid. And I find that Americans are afraid today. Afraid, in fear of one thing or another. And it just, to me, it says that when you have fear like that, whatever it may be of, then you don't believe in God. Because 
in God, there is absolutely no fear. Whether it's in business or in your private life or in what we got to deal with now, being blown up in a restaurant or running a marathon or at a cafe. I, I said four years ago that we're going to be living the way Israel is living. I went to Israel and they have uh, military men and women everywhere you go. Just military men and women and policemen everywhere. And these people are heavily armed because they could get blown up on a bus or anywhere. You know how that is over there. That's just like that here now. It really is. It's unfortunate. But we, the people, have turned our lives over to the government. And the government never going to make the right decision or the best decision for you and me and for our country. It's just the way it is. And then the people who are making these, these decisions, they have been posted in every high decision-making position in the country, in government, in business, in churches, in whatever. And they all think alike. They really think alike. And they don't think, they don't think, they don't think about freeing the people up. They think about controlling the people. It's weird how that is. I heard a reporter say, uh, this happened to be a black woman who write for one of the major newspapers. She said, you know that bomb was, those two bombs that happened in Boston was in a uh, pressure cooker or a cup of pressure cookies, right? Cookers, right? You know about that, right? Yes. I'll tell you, you didn't know? Yeah, they were, they, these guys had put these bombs in a pressure cooker. I asked the same thing at first. <laughs> A pressure cooker. So you, don't, you have a, a maid at your house? You don't cook? Yeah, I cook, but I don't have a pressure cooker. Wow. I would fire my husband if you don't have a pressure cooker. Yeah. <laughs> a pressure cooker is an iron pot. It is iron, right? Iron pot. Pot with a lid on it, right? And you can put your pinto beans in there and just let them take their time and cook all day long. Or whatever, your ham hocks. Your ops tell, and you lock it down, right? And it hold it heated. Is that right? Yes. Uh, the lady in the back, you shook your head about that. Robert, I really appreciate you going to the table with the mic. Thank you so much. Whatever she said is said now and done. No, I, I just. I, no, right here with the blue sweater. I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't have, that's what it is? Well, it's not iron. I think oh. it's it could be any material, but oh. the whole point is that you just you seal it shut. Right. And it builds pressure, and then that's how it cooks. Oh, okay. It doesn't have to be iron. Yeah. Okay, you're right about that. Because yeah. iron one is, I think, is a Dutch oven. You have one. Yeah. And you thinking of what? No, the iron cast iron. It will be a Dutch oven. Yeah, I think they're generally or often made of aluminum or stainless steel. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, and they cook under pressure and they cook quickly. What that's why they're so everybody likes them so much, except they can blow up. Right. And so <laughs> you abuse them. <laughs> so they put the bombs in there so they could get the the most effect from the bomb, the explosion itself. And so this reporter is talking about we need to ban pressure cookers. He's like, no. <laughs> they have the wrong conversation going here. We need to ban guns. We need to ban pressure cooking. Why no one is saying that now? We, and, and I guarantee you, if they keep pushing that, that would be next. Let's ban pressure cookers. And these people, they want more public policies. They want more laws. 
And I realized when something like this happened, people in fear, and they are willing to take away, allow the government to take away even more of their freedoms because they are now in fear. And it's just mind-blowing. And most of the people seem to be teaching this. And this is not the way to live. It is absolutely not the way to live. But that's what ha- this is the direction that our country is, is uh, headed in. And we're going to look around one day when the fear is kind of gone. You're not going to have any freedom. We don't need more public policies. We don't need more laws. How about enforcing the laws that we have? How about shedding the borders down the back door so that people just don't walk in? And how about examining the folks who come through the front door even more so? Because these people came through the front door, apparently. How about looking at that and not burying our heads in the sand and pretending that it's something else? The same way in our private lives. When we suffer in our private lives, it's because of something we have done. It's not someone else who did it to us. We did it, just couldn't see the consequences of what we were doing at the time. And so when all hell break loose, the first thing we want to do is blame somebody else. It's your fault. If you had said it or did this, I wouldn't be in this trouble. We put our own selves in trouble. And we need to go back to those principles, but I'm not sure that we can get back now. It seems like so many people have gone the other way with it. And it's really, really time that something great happened to stop this before we look around and America's done. Yes. Banned all guns. Yes. And aren't explosives already banned, but the bad guys are still using them? That's right. Yeah. They're still using them. Homemade them. You can still get them. When you have an evil heart, there's nothing that anyone can stop you from being destructive. It has nothing that anyone can do. That's why God wants us to know ourselves, repent, so that we can have a brand new heart. We need a new spirit. And, and the churches and the lawmakers are not dealing with the spirit. Somebody brought up, hey, why not, let's work with the families. Let's put family back. Oh, no. It's not, you can't go and blame the parents. It's not the family. We need new laws. We need new, and I wrote it down, we need new policies. How many policies are we going to have? There's no discussion for the most part. There's some about how about... Um, how about uh, enforcing the laws that are already on the book and see if they work or not? No real decision. They want more laws and more laws and more laws. And then it's interesting, too, in that there's a major group of people out there that don't want to blame the people of color. Apparently, some politicians said that the bomber, when they were on the run, he said they, they were dark-skinned or something like that. And now the folks are mad at him for saying that. If it was white people, they wouldn't have said white skin. Don't say dark skin. That's racist, right? How crazy is this? Evil is having its way. And they don't want the drones to to blow up people in the Middle East. They don't, because those people are dark skin. And apparently Obama had a press conference uh, trying to convince the folks to ban the guns. So he used some of the people from uh, uh, Connecticut where they had the shooting at the school. And now the blacks are mad at him because he doesn't use black people in Chicago in a press conference to get guns banned. Why does he use black people? 
Why, why is always them they go to? I'm like, this is so, this is, it's just not real to me anymore. <laughs> it seems like I'm in a, a, a dream. And, and most of the time when these debates are happening, there's no real sound logic in the debate. And it doesn't matter what side of the fence it's coming from, whether it's whatever. You know, people are not really saying the truth. They're not speaking the truth that would bring on a change about what's going on. And it's just mind-blowing. And I, I, I want to urge you to draw closer to God because I don't, not that there would not be any change because God can change whatever he wants to. And it doesn't take many to bring on a change. But I don't see any change happening anytime soon. The wrong people are in control of everything in this country for the most part. When you can convince the churches to go for more public policies, you've lost the church too. They don't understand the spiritual aspect of what's going on. Yes, sir. One thing I noticed um, that uh, reading certain parts of uh, the Bible, it talks about uh, the times that we're living in, and you know to be to be prepared, to be strong, yeah. because times like this are coming and. You know, I, I can see it when people will be killing themselves because times will be so, so, so treacherous and dangerous. When people are already killing themselves, hardly a day goes by. I think the suicide rate is at an all-time high because people can't deal with issues in their private lives either. And when you're angry about what's going on in your private life, Satan speaks to you and he will make you kill yourself. Oh, it's hopeless. Why be on this earth? Nobody loved me, and I don't love nobody. You might well die. Okay, I get a rope and hang myself. He can convince you to do that. So that's already through the roof, but that's due to the, uh, the broken family because fathers and mothers are not together being a good example of how to raise the children and show them how to deal with the issues of life. You got to, I, I, you know, I was thinking about this meeting today. I'm like, I got to warn the folks. Individually, you got to turn back to God so you can see how to deal with private issues. And then we out there in the public, you, you, you have the insight not to go along with the, with the conversation. Because they sound all really, what, it, what, what they do is they sound very emotional. And they put it well that you will find yourself wanting to agree with it. Because they make it very, very emotional. And when you go with the emotions... You lose every time. There's not one time that you can go with emotion in life, whether it is a good feeling or a bad feeling, that you can go with emotion and win. You got to go with logic and wisdom, not emotions. Really, otherwise you'd be caught up with the world because they present emotions just like that. And they'll show you pictures of kids shot up. When we had to protest the other Sunday, uh, fighting for the Second Amendment, the other side, who are against the Second Amendment, they had pictures of little children. They had somebody's shoes out there, a truckload of shoes that look like kids' shoes and adult shoes. And if you were an emotional person, you'd be like, oh, yeah, we got to ban guns. Because you have identified emotionally. But that doesn't make sense to do that. It doesn't make sense, folks. So you got to wake up. Yes, let me go to Patrick there. I was watching uh, ABC's 2020 uh, Saturday night. Well, no, I'm sorry, Friday night. And um, 
was watching it, and I kept watching it. You know, I see the minutes tick off. I didn't see them mention the word Muslim or Islam right. during that time. Yeah. So I had somebody else watch the rest of it for me, and I said, just tell me if they mentioned the word Islam or Muslims in, in this hour. The whole hour went by. They didn't mention it once. But yet they purported to be showing, you know, the inside story on all this stuff. But they don't really show you the inside story. They don't tell you the truth. They just cover it up. Yes, sir. They don't present the truth. There were children of Satan before they caught the bombers. Uh, And and before we saw photos of them, you know, to know who did it for sure. They were hoping that it was white people who had done it. White males. They literally said it. You know, I hope it's white folks and blah, 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 right? They were saying it out loud. Isn't that something? Can you imagine had a reporter gone on TV and said, I sure hope it was Mexicans and blacks. <laughs> I hope it was people of color who, who did this. But they said this about white people. What do white people do? Oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> We're afraid we're not going to go and counteract that. We're not going to say anything about it. Well, some whites did, of course, but most of them didn't because they have fear. They're not going to protest that. That's racism. If it's racist to say that, one, uh, one man said he had dark skin, he was colored or something like that, and they want to get rid of him. But people are saying, I hope it were white people, and nothing's been said about it. Where are the, where's your courage? Where is it? How come the world is more important than what is right to you? Yes, sir. Um, I, I just found out that they were uh, Muslims uh, yesterday, and I was yeah. talking to a, a good friend of mine, and he mentioned it to me. And I remember watching the news for a couple of hours, um, and I didn't hear that. And uh, now that you're mentioning that, it kind of seems like uh, that they're afraid to confront the fear that this is coming down the pike, so they were saying, I hope it's white people. I hope it's, it's internal. Yeah. Because it, it, they, they, they're afraid of, of, the, of what's down, what possibly may be down the pike, and they don't want to face that also. That, that, that may be true, because people don't, if they don't know how to deal with their enemies. They try to appease the enemies, to go along and get along, and that's the worst thing you can do. It really is, whether it's in your family, uh, your workplace, or wherever. When you try to appease your enemy, they will destroy you. But you have to be on the side of what is right. I want to read something here to you. Uh, I mean, is there anyone here who see it the way I see it? Like, our way of life have changed completely now in, in, in this country? That when we go to the movies, when we go to crowded places, when we go, you know, we used to, I used to not think about this when I'm out in the public. I didn't have to look around me to see if somebody carried a backpack or, uh, you know, they're looking kind of crazy. It, it never occurred to me. I am concerned about even going into a dark movie theater now because I know what happened in, in Israel, and that can happen here, and it is happening here, and there are a whole lot of these folks in our country, and they hate us because we are a Judeo-Christian nation. They hate us. Why bury our heads in the sand about that? That is a reality, and then knowing that reality is like knowing your enemies, right? You're going to be more conscious. And that doesn't mean you're going to go out there and everybody that look like they're from the Middle East, you want to search their backpack, you know? 
but you do want to stay away away from now, kids. <laughs> but <laughs> and I think that's a problem too. That a lot of people, because they are up and down emotionally, there's a. Uh, uh, are not one with God, they, they're not sure how to handle situations like this. You know, when they're out, they don't know how to really, you know, they're afraid of everybody or, you know, that kind of stuff. They don't know how to handle that. It's time to wake up, America. And the interesting thing about it, these people have the young people under their control and they are brainwashing them and educating them in a way that, that's why I don't see, but I, I don't see how the country going to go back to the good old days. But I've noticed, too, that in every generation, there are people who God works with. He'll put one or two in your midst to try to wake you up and remind you. Have you noticed that? So in spite of all that, there are one or two people out there that he will work with. All right. I want you to come and read something for me. Uh, John, you know how to read. Uh, I'm nearsighted. Oh, I'm nearsighted. I say that too when I don't, when I'm embarrassed about reading. I'm what, that means that you can't see close up. Yeah, actually, I need my glasses. Do you bring it with you? No. You want to borrow mine? No. <laughs> but you can't read. I can read. You should read better than me. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> Come and read for me. Uh, yeah. Yes. This is in. Uh, Second Corinthians, uh, chapter 4, 7 through 18. 7 through 18. This is Paul uh, talking about what we have to go through and how we have to endure and deal with it. And it's so, so true. Absolutely true. And I hope that this would give you a different mindset about what you have to go through in life and what to expect that it is what it is, it's going to be this way, and it's always been this way, so nothing new is under the sun, and hopefully you'll start dealing with life a little differently, all right? Okay, let's go on. Uh, this is uh, right here, the hardship and hope, hopes of the apostolate, and I want you to start there and end right here, verse 18 right there, Okay. <clears throat> But we hold this treasure in pots of earth, earthenware, so that the immensity of the power is God's and not our own. We are subjected to every kind of hardship, but never distressed. We see no way out, but we never despair. We are pursued, but never cut off. Knocked down, but still have some life in us. Always we carry with us in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus, too, may be visible in our body. Indeed, while we are still alive, we are continually being handed over to death for the sake of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus, too, may be visible in our mortal flesh in us, then death is at work in you. Life. Wait. In us, then, death is at work in you, life. But as we have the same spirit of faith as is described in Scripture, I believed and therefore I spoke. We too believe and therefore we too speak, realizing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up with Jesus in our turn and bring us to himself 
and you as well. You see everything for your benefit, so that as grace spreads, so to the glory of God, thanksgiving may also overflow more and more people. Thank you, buddy. All right, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, no, yeah, get it right here. Um, before I share my insight on this or what, I, what God has given me to see on it, I want to get some feedback from some of you of how, how you see what you just read, what you just heard. All right. Uh, Mary, how you see what you just heard and how does it apply to your life? Well, I can see that there's always going to be adversity. There's always going to be something that out of my control that I feel that is not that that is unfair. You know, you always think, oh, it's not fair. Why, why does it happen to me? Yeah. However, I see that that's just the way it is. You can't just have everything be great. It's always going to be adversity, and you always have to go through life and look at it as as a as a catalyst to get you better, so that you can. Are you aware of this on a daily basis? Uh, no, uh, well, I am, no, no, because sometimes, you know, you, I, I'll feel dejected and like, why is this happening to me? And you don't, you know, don't sit down and really look at what is holding you up. But when I do, then I mean, I know that there's nothing, nothing wrong. I mean, you have to go through what you have to go through. Even to death, I mean, if somebody comes and kills you, it's like, what can you do about it? You have to be ready to to do it yeah. or to be wherever it is you need to be. Okay. Hey, what do you want to say about it? Oh, hold on just a minute for a while. Um, I, 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 and the reason I'm asking, this is not a test. Let me just relax everybody. It's not a test. It's a fellowship. And... You can't rely on a physical person to always be around you to remind you of how to deal with life. We have the Spirit of God in us to remind us, to prevent us from overreacting it, or whatever, right? So it's not a test. I'm not looking for special words. I just want you to pay attention to these things so that you can know that God is with you in every area of life. Go ahead, Tay. Oh, I, I didn't have anything. I just really not sure, you know, what to really think about it yet. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, sir. He's talking about life and death. He's talking about dying to the, uh, what we call the ego types of things, so that we have this other life. And when we have this other life, we can deal with all of these distresses and things that come upon us. And are you dealing with that in that way in every, I mean, on a daily basis? Well, more and more, for sure. More and more. Yeah. Are there times when you don't? You sh- yes. And, and why would you not at times? Just for fellowship, say. Um, just being, uh, what's the word? Not, uh, you know, lose consciousness sometimes. Oh. Uh, if you, um, one thing I notice, when debates like these things are happening now because of the bombing and because of what's going on, if you don't get caught up with the conversations, the debates, if you like, even if you're in the debate, but you like kind of set apart from it and you pay attention, it's weird what the folks are saying. It's like you can't hardly, you know, well, you can believe it, but you can't hardly believe that they're saying what they're saying as though that 
what they were saying is the answer to the problem. And it seems so weird to see that. You think, how can you be saying that? It's so shallow. And it would, all it does is create more problems and make the problems worse, really, if you stand apart from the debate, whether it's with someone who's close to you or not. And see, that's what God wants us to be. In our private lives, that's the way he wants us to be. In our private lives and public lives. He doesn't want you so caught up with anything that you can't see what's going on. Because so many people are easily persuaded by the world. It's amazing how that is. They, they, they go with the folks who sound more emotional and sound good. So they go like this. And then if this group over here starts saying something that sounds good and feels good, they'll go like that. And then they'll just, and I'm like, don't you see how you, sh- aren't you, are you dizzy? How do you go from side to side? <laughs> and not see yourself going from side to side, you know? But they're going with what sounds good and feels good, not what is right. They don't have that insight, and it's unfortunate because God has given us the insight. The older generation of Americans, of all races, they used to have that insight. They didn't go with the wind because they had gone to church, and even if they didn't understand it, they understood the preacher say, don't go with the wind. And when you're swinging back and forth because it sounds good or you see a negative picture and then now you're going to change your mind from what is right because the picture is dramatic, then that's crazy. But that's what we have and that's why we have come to a point in life where we would never be the same again, I don't think. You may find little spots of America where you can go like way out there in the woods somewhere. (laughs) and build a new territory and don't let anyone in that not believe what you believe, maybe then you feel safe in that community, but it's over, folks, as far as feeling free and safe on the streets of America. And I blame the people. I blame we, the people. I really do. Because we have gotten sassy and lazy and relying on the government, relying on the preachers, relying on your status. Uh, just, I blame, I blame we the people. I don't, I don't even blame the government for it because the government will do what we say do. I don't necessarily blame the preachers for it because if you weren't dumb enough to sit under those preachers seeing that you're not getting the help, you can't blame the preacher for that. The preacher's on his own ego trip. It's we, it's we the people, it's us. We got to love freedom, but we're losing freedom. Did you have a follow-up thing? Yes. One other point I saw on the uh, 2020 that they didn't mention, you know, they didn't mention the religion, the Muslim. They didn't also mention that we have a whole entire American city that was shut down and people were ordered behind doors. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard of such a thing before. But all of a sudden... Well, get used to it. Well, you know, they talk about the news. This is the news. This is new. But yet... They didn't seem, it didn't seem to have enough time to put it in a whole hour segment that we just shut down an American city. We don't have the right to bear arms anymore. If we did, there would be no need to shut down an American city because the terrorists would be more afraid of the people walking the streets. Yeah. But instead, now we're the, we're the, we're the cowering Americans who wait for uh, the military or the police to do our business for us. Now we don't have the right to bear pressure cookers. <laughs> They're going to ban pressure cooking. I heard that 
I heard this guy on a radio show saying that he went out to buy a regular light bulb, 100 watts, watch, regular light bulb. Remember those light bulbs? Have you forgotten them? <laughs> I'm sorry? They're called incandescent. That's the old kind. That's the old one? Yeah. And they're just regular light bulb. Go to the store and get a 100 watt light bulb, right? He could not find any. He's like, they don't even sell them anymore. They only sell the kind that you have to pay two or $300 for that's supposed to last five years. Or there's another one that looked like you're in a jail cell or something. That, that white f- f- stuff that they give you now, they only have that. What is it? Yeah. Yeah, and then it takes the time coming on. You notice that? I got a light bulb right now in my room, and I turn it on. It doesn't just go bright just like that. I got to wait. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of light bulb is this? I thought a light's supposed to be there when you need it. But I didn't know they had just gotten rid of it. And so what they're doing is forcing us to go their way. We don't even have a choice in it now. And that's how freedom is. The more you give up, you're being forced to go the way of fear. That's how it is, folks. Why are you out partying and salsa dancing or whatever you do? <laughs> you're losing your freedom. Bit by bit by bit by bit. God doesn't want you to trust any man. He wants you to trust him so you can see the right decisions, the right way to go. Uh, did, did I see your hand? I did see it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I, always ha- I also have a problem with um, the lack of privacy and the lack of... Um, you know, I notice as, as more things become government and less things become... And, and things are less, pri- you know in private hands, like the schools. We've lost our schools. They're all public schools, except for a small, you know, minority of schools that are private. Yeah. And there's no way we should be... It's like we have government schools. People don't see them as government schools. They see them as public schools. They use that other word. But the government is teaching us their propaganda in their schools. That should not be happening in a free nation. You can't remain free if your information is coming from the government. We're going to have to hide behind rocks. Remember the Bible said we're going to have to hide behind You better be trying to purchase a rock before they get rid of them. <laughs> you know, and when you talk about the police shutting down the whole city, I think we, we lack courage in our police departments now. They're more interested, and I saw this in Columbine too, they're more interested in their own safety than they are the public safety. Well, the, the, police, the policemen themselves have to follow the leadership. If the head of the police department is saying, this is how you got to function, these people want to work, they're going to go along with it. My point is that this one single guy they were having a gunfight with, they should have immediately sealed that little area that he was in and take risk to get him right then and there. Not shut down a city of a million people. That's, that's so mind-boggling to me that they had to do that. It's embarrassing. And the way they were able to do it is that... They put fear in them. And, and so then they say, don't come out. And they say, okay. If they didn't have that fear, the government would not have been able to do that. But they made them afraid. They made these people into real monsters. They made it feel like you walk out of your house, these guys could be in your neighborhood, anywhere. And these guys are, you know, dangerous. Do not approach them. So that put fear into people. And once they did that, they could shut down the city. You have... 
I wish you could understand how important it is to overcome fear and to have no fear in your life. In your private life, you got to get rid of it in your private life first so it can work outside, right? Because if you have any iota of a fear, then they can do that. They can make it seem really bad, make you afraid, and they could have even told everybody in their home, throw your guns out the window. They would have done it <laughs> because they were afraid. They put fear in you. It's like in real life. I mean, in private life, you're afraid to take that step to do whatever it is you need to do, then you lose. You lose. In God, there is no fear. When you tru- the way, and the, one of the signs to know that you, have, you know the Father and that you're his son, you're his daughter, you're one with him, is that fear is gone. Because without that, you have fear. But it's completely gone when you're one with him. And then you can see the world and everything around you that's going on. Anybody here have fear? Everybody. That's up. Oh, you do too? Yeah. Uh, everybody have fear. Isn't that amazing that you have fear? All in the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. Well, I was just going to say what kind of fear. Period. I know I'm interested in what kind of fear is, is it. Because uh, everybody has a specific... Uh, what kind do you have? Specific um, kind of like concentration of fear. Mine is fear of myself. You're afraid of yourself? Yeah. In what way? And the, and the great power that I possess. And your wife is like, wow, if you're afraid of yourself, what do you think I'm going to be feeling? <laughs> uh, uh, what are you afraid of about self? Me, myself? That no. I don't really um, know or understand myself. I think it's impossible. I don't think anybody knows or under, understands like um, we don't know the you know just basic stuff like the future um, just basic stuff that everybody thinks about that brings on anxiety. Oh okay. You so know. you you don't know what's going to happen in the future and all that kind of stuff so you're afraid that it's just the basic element that you won't make it or survive or succeed or something? Sure. Oh okay. Sure. And yeah. um what did you get from what, what you just read and what Paul had to say about suffering and all that stuff? I was more like a megaphone. I wasn't able to study it, so I was just trying to read it. Oh, okay. All right, I know so. it was about the with um, bringing death is working in you as well as, you know, it's a, a paradox of as death was being, you know, manifested in you, there's a People can't see past death, but past death is a fruit called life. So you have to die, and then you can bring forth uh, uh, this miraculous fruit, uh, but people can't see past death. Oh, okay. And that's what your problem is? You can't see past that? Uh, no, I'll just say my own, uh, just my own struggle with... Um, uh, just basic stuff, basic basic stuff that everybody's you know trying to stay present, like Patrick said, and things like that, things of like that. But I have fun with fear now. It's not really you know. It's more of like a. a Do you an have an opinion ride. about life? No, because I know I know nothing, and uh, fear is more like a amuse- amusement ride and less terrifying. So I'm I feel like I'm 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 on my way anyways. But 
God doesn't want you to have it at all, so why would it be an amusing right for you? Because I'm enjoying it. Well, why would you enjoy fear? Because it doesn't terrify me anymore. It's a, oh. more of a exhilaration. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, okay. All right. So it's okay. I mean, I wouldn't recommend you do that, but. Right. Whatever. I would recommend you overcome fear because as, as you move forward in life, especially the closer you come to God, things are going to, I mean, it's going to come at you in ways that you can't even imagine. Right. So I don't know. I mean, if it's, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it as an amusement ride. Yeah, I hear you. Amusement yeah. ride. Okay. Thanks. Yes, sir. Did I see your hand? No. I did not. I saw it, but you forgot. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, you know, I wanted to ask you, what did you get from what Paul just said? That when you have this um, power working in you, this new spirit, all the things you go through, um, like the uh, gentleman who just spoke said, um, you can see beyond it, and it doesn't cause fear in you. It doesn't cause distress, like Paul said. It doesn't cause uh, you to panic. Um, you're secure in, in, in the spirit that you have in you, this new spirit that, that Paul's talking about. And um, He says that we are subject to every kind of hardship, but never distressed. Isn't that like a perfect way to live? Every kind of hardship. Every kind. Yeah. But never distressed. Are you distressed at times? I am. And uh, the thing that distresses me most is, again, like the, like the gentleman pointed out about himself, I'm distressed about the evils that I see in me. You know, the... But why, though? Because it's like you, you don't want to do it, but yet you do want to do it. And, there's, and it seems like things always fall to the... To the um, you know, like you always. But why are you distressed, though? Because there doesn't. Seem if you to truly be, see it, why are you distressed? Um, because it doesn't seem to. Uh, there's no overcoming it. There's just this kind of like dark seeing of it. You know, not seeing it clear enough to get over it, but just enough to be distressed by it. Oh, that's interesting. You're seeing it, but you're not overcoming it, and so you become distressed by it. Right. That's what you say, right? Yeah. Huh. Uh, Paul makes reference to that when he says, you know, we see darkly now. and, and He said that we see no way out, but we're never despaired. He doesn't say we are distressed or despaired. Well, at least not here. That's interesting. He, where he says you see no way out, but you're not despaired. How is it you see no way out, but not be despaired? <laughs> you know, that, that's usually the that's, question. Yeah, usually that's when you so get despaired. Right. So you don't believe him there, right? No, I don't know what he's talking about there. Yeah. I love that. See, that's where the problem. I know what the problem is now. Are you despaired? Uh, are you? Despair. At times. No, I, no actually. Are you not. distressed at times? Uh, distressed? 
Uh, not a, well, not under the current circumstances, no. I asked about the current circumstances. Yeah, well, I can't think I said of at times. At times. No. Okay. Um, he says that we, we see no way out, but we are never despaired. We are pursued, but never cut off, knocked down, but still have some life in us. Isn't that like a nice way to live? Yeah, Jesse. Oh, I want to just respond to what he said because of time here. Um, Patrick, what do you think about what he said? Patrick is pretty smart. And I want a fellowship. I don't want to just give you answers, all right? Really, I don't because I'm not with you when you are distressed or despaired. I'm not going to be there to say, hey, here's what you do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's a fellowship. So fellowship, yes. Well, I mean, I understand what he said, but the question of despair is interesting because I've noticed going through that myself. You and, are despaired at times when you see no way out. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I'd be surprised when I heard John say no because I think almost everybody I see goes through that. And, yeah, if I'm in, in, involved How do you know some, they're going through that? Everybody you see are going through that. How do you know that? You, I mean, it's pretty visible. You can see people when they're despairing. <laughs> Pretty visible. Okay. But um, if I go through something and don't, maybe it doesn't go out the way I planned or way I saw it and it failed, quote unquote, uh, I, I despair sometimes. I'm, just, I'm, I'm stuck in something and I will notice a despair in my spirit because it didn't go the way I wanted and I don't see the way out. Okay. It definitely connected. I mean, I see it very clearly. Okay. Do you ever have that problem with the red sweater in the back? Are you despaired? I, I grew up with a lot of despair on an ongoing basis, but I, I really don't, in general, despair anymore. I, uh, I, if I begin to, I, the Holy Spirit comes, and I just spend time every day. It's a matter of just going to God in the right way every day, and it's with you, and he's with you. And I see a lot of negativity around me, and I don't speak of it often because everyone around me will say, oh, you're so negative. It's not <laughs> negative. I just see it. Right. And I don't mean it that. The, it, it, the whole point of seeing it is to tell someone, the truck is coming, move out of the way. But they don't get it. And Are I you... can go, go into a room full of people who have hardened hearts, and I can see they, they have no interest in are the there message. times when you are you can see no way out, but you're despair at times because you can't see a way no, out? No. You're not? No, oh, okay. I don't really. I, I'll look up from what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I wonder how that's going to work. And then I go back to what I'm doing. Oh, okay. You know, so. One, one thing that he said that really helped me to see what the problem is, he said that uh, I see no way. If I'm quoting you wrong, you can correct me. I see no way out. And so I'm just despaired at times. I see things happening, whatever, and I'm distressed because I am not overcoming it. Something like that, right? You say you're distressed because you can see this thing going on, but you're not overcoming it, so it it distresses you. Yes, that's the part I despair about. Not so much that I see the evil or I see bad things happening around me or I may lose my job or any of that kind of stuff, but... 
my own weakness that I'm not overcoming, that's what causes me despair. Um, okay, very interesting. Yes, ma'am. Wanted to say one something else because I know now I realize that's what you meant is is like maybe certain behaviors or things you do and they seem to get away from you, and I do in part of the Bible I think Jesus says about not struggling and they talk about overcoming and we think of that as struggling, and uh, that's part of it I think sometimes. I firmly believe what the problem is. You're not really seeing spiritually. I really believe that because. When you see spiritually, you also know you're over it. That everything else about what the, the Satan is telling you or the deaf, spirit of death is telling you is all a lie. That you all, I don't know how you can see it and not be over it if it's being revealed by God. See, God, everything that he does is perfect, already done. It is. It's finished, right? So if you are being, if you are seeing there is no distress or despair in revelation. Now, if you're seeing it and you're, you're seeing it with your mind, with your thoughts or whatever, or mind, then there is despair and dis- distress in that because the job is not finished. He's trying to take you out. He's trying to make you doubt. Paul said that, but as we have the same spirit of faith, as it's described in the scripture, when you have that kind of uh, uh, faith, there is no doubt in it. There is no relationship anymore for the most part with you. What Satan is trying to destroy you with, there is no despair if you truly, truly see. And no matter what come at you, believe me, some hardship stuff can come. Hardship stuff can come, right? But you, you can see what's going on and you, just, and you don't see the outcome. You, you really don't know what's going to happen. You, and, and at the same time, Satan is telling you all, he's telling you some outcomes. Oh, you're going to be wiped out with this one. You never get over it. They're going to not like you. They're going to do this or that. But you know the voice of Satan. So because you know it, there is no distress or despair because you're not believing the lie. Uh, the lie. You have faith now because you have revelation. And revelation is complete. So, you know, the seeing thing, I think, is where the problem is. Are you really receiving revelation or are you basing your seeing on what you've been taught about seeing? You know, you can see stuff going on, but it's not being revealed to you. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what the problem is. That's what it sounds like. Because if you did, you would know if revelation is it, it's done, you're free. It's the truth that makes you free. It really is. You know, um, I've been through this stuff and, and probably got some more. To, well, don't know what's going to happen, but I, you know, I've seen it, but, and I couldn't see the outcome, but I had the faith to know that things are going to be fine. It is, like, I think Mary or somebody was saying, or somebody was saying, it is what it is, right? We have these two natures going on. The nature of the mind, which is of evil, and the spirit of God, which is of good. You got this war going on. Now, you got to decide which side of the fence you're going to be on during this war. Are you going to believe the spirit that brings on distress and despair? Or are you going to follow that quiet, voiceless spirit 
that is of love, all knowing, all perfect. Years ago, I bought into the um, uh, philosophy that if you sit and be still, that that will lead to the next thing. It will. And um, if you wait, if you wait upon the Lord, He'll supply your every need. I mean, don't overreact to your situation. Look at America right now. America, and not all, not all, not all, completely overreacting to the situation, in Boston. Completely over, and everybody just like a whirlwind going with it. If they sit still through that, they will have the power and the knowing of how to deal with it and prevent it from happening. Yeah, it just it just doesn't seem to have. Um, there'll be it's it's kind of like island hopping. I'll um, I'll have to swim a while, and then I reach an island where I'm high and dry, and then. It's like I have to get back in the water and swim again to get to another island. There's not a, a, an unbroken, you know, uh, state where state of mind where I'm not um, bouncing around like with the wind, you know, um, wondering about this. Why? Why did I act this way when when um, uh, I just sat down to be still? But that doesn't cause me to be still at night. You know, to sit down. It doesn't seem like it, like it has an unbroken chain. There's, there's nothing like that going on. It seems like it's just all over the place. So when you read this thing where Paul said, because of we have faith and we have the same spirit, right. that that is why we do not waver. We indeed, we don't waver. We, we don't matter, it doesn't matter what the human thing is going through, the body or the mind. You're not waver, you don't waver what you, your faith. When I read something like that or I hear other men's testimonies, I think, wow, good for them, man. They got it. They they. The spirit came to them. They, they they have it. Yeah. But then when I look at my own life, I'm going, like, uh, just by the evidence of it, I don't, you know. And um, I have, um, like I said, periods where I th- where I think all is well, and now I'm on my way, kind of thing. But it doesn't last. Oh, okay. All is well. And then I'll take Patrick over real fast. Oh. All is well is always well. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're going through, how difficult the moment. If you truly have this insight of God, and we have that insight of God, revelation being revealed to us, it's not based on any circumstances at all. All is well at all times. Isn't that amazing? That's why you never distress or you never despair because all is well. Because you can see that all is well. Real fast, Patrick, then I want to squeeze in a few more people here. I'm just having a little trouble tracking you right now. Okay. Um, and I don't, my experience doesn't line up with some of the things that you're saying. Right. I know certain things now. I know myself better and better, what I don't know and what I do know. And if something comes upon me, let's say, we're, you know, uh, the stress or, or that lack of faith that comes up, it's something that I can see and can overcome and do overcome. I have not had some experience where I have this perfect faith that just happened to me and now everything's fine after that. So ask God to give it to you then. That's fine, and I have. But I don't have an experience either that is learned. I mean, I have a learned experience that I'm overcoming, for sure. But many of the experiences I have are not learned. They They are seeing, I may not be seeing them in the clearest godly sense, but there is, if I'm angry, I know it. 
If I'm uh, sad, I know it. If I am scared, Let me add, I know Because it. of time, do you think a man or a woman who have faith in God will ever be distressed or despaired? Yeah, but that's, no, but that's not my point here. What's your point? The point is that what I'm, see, what I'm seeing now is, is a certain level of seeing that's real that is not learned. And so I know the difference between learned now because I am still overcoming some learned and what I see. And I may not be seeing it in the sense that you're talking about it, but it's not learned either. Well, just so you know, we're just fellowshipping, so if you, if you got it, that's good. And don't let... Well, Don't be I, deceived by what I'm saying about my experience. You know let let me put it this way. Yeah. There's things that I'm overcoming and improving as a human being as I go. I know that for sure. Right. And I think there's a danger, not necessarily in what you're saying, but maybe how people perceive it. I can see myself that if they're not getting something that you are talking to them about, that somehow they're failing. I don't see it that way at all. And then they could be failing. You but, think that's what Paul was saying too when we read that? He said the same thing. No, but but there is a way to overcome which I'm doing that is not necessarily all right now and all of a sudden I can see the way God is seeing and all that. But so yet the, I'm, but yet my life is improving. So if that's true, and I'm not saying it's not true, but just for the record, why are you feeling now doubt about what I'm saying there? I'm, I'm getting clarity. I don't have to, I don't have oh, any okay. doubt about what I see. Oh, okay. I'm just I'm just putting something out there in terms of maybe other people may be thinking something too. But yeah. I know the way I have approached some of the things that you've said before is kind of like a feeling of despair when I hear that. That brings on despair. And you know what that is? If you if 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 despair is coming on based on what I'm saying, you're listening to the wrong voice. Granted. And so if you're feeling that, if, if Jesse's saying, wow, and Paul said, wow, we shouldn't be distressed or despair. And as you're sitting there listening to this or reading this, something's telling you, oh, Lord. <laughs> then that's the voice you should not be listening to. And that, and that, that makes sense. And that is the voice that I have been listening to. Because and, the only way that you can feel distress and despair, you got to listen to that voice. Correct. And, and, and that's the kind of voice that that, that, make, that brings on the most despair of myself and probably others here when, when they feel like they, you know, they, they don't have that and all of a sudden they, they're, cre- they're crestfallen because I've gone through that many, many times. Oh, okay. So, so I think I'm, your I'm, point is that some people are going to be feeling despair just hearing this, this thing about you shouldn't be that way. And really you're feeling that way right now because you listen to the voice of Satan. Yeah. Right? He's telling you, oh, you don't have it. Now you're despaired because you feel like I don't have what Jesse's talking about or what Paul is talking about. Look how you've been despaired. So maybe I don't even hear from God at all. Right? That brings on the most despair for me. It will bring on. That's because that's death. Yeah. That voice is of death. That's what he's talking about. The voice of light, life, or the voice of death. You got to make up your mind which one you're going to listen to. Because that's how that comes up on you. Let me get him in real fast because he hasn't said anything. And we have one minute left. In the back back there. In the back. I was just going to say I felt like I experienced the same type of despair that Martin was talking about. Yes. Uh, in my own life with uh, situations that I had going on. And um, I think with the understanding that we have, like things that we learn, we try to apply it. I know I would try to apply it and take control of it, kind of like a checklist. I want to be, 
I want to reach my goal of being saved, <laughs> go to heaven. So I want to do this and have it be done. And right. Then that brings upon other situations. Now, the more I learn, the more I try to apply it to what's going on in my life. And then, okay, I see this might not be working. So then it's more despair because I want to reach my goal. So it's like. Hold that thought for a minute. You can't, uh, pra- you can't put spirituality into your life. You have to be born into it. You have to be born into it, all right? Thank you. That's good, man. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. We're out of time. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.